Yo, and hello, this is I Have a Podcast. I am Vinny Potestivo, and you are in for an awesome, awesome episode today. Our special guest is none other than Danielle Fischel. Now, many of you know her as Topanga from Boy Meets World or Girl Meets World. She is an actress, a director, a TV host, an entrepreneur, a mom, a wife, a friend, a lyricist, it's just so much more. In today's episode of IHAP, we're gonna dive into how her strong rap skills actually helped her break into TV hosting and why it's good to be great at things that make you happy. Hint, do anything that makes you stand out. We're also gonna dive into strategies to keep productive, prioritize projects, and the difference between creating content versus creating a product, specifically her hair care line, Be Free by Danielle Fischel. We're also gonna jump into what it was like to live in the infamous MTV Summer Beach House in the Hamptons. And with that being said, well, let's start at the beginning. So we wanna talk about creativity. You've been creative a very long time, both in front of camera, off camera, studios, TV. Now the screens get smaller and smaller. The reach gets bigger and bigger. It's so strange how that changes over time. How do you approach content? How do you start your day? I truthfully start my day the same way every day and I have for years. And it is with a solid 30 minutes of total silence and a cup of coffee. I really take that time to meditate, think on my day, get myself in a good headspace, wake up. And that time that I take has always been 30 minutes, but the time has had to adjust. It's now from 5.30 a.m. to 6 a.m. because I get my son up at 6.15. And so I choose that 5.30 to 6 a.m. to really try to have no phone time, really just get my head ready for my day and also to wake up with that cup of coffee. The pandemic has made scheduling and planning your day a little bit harder because we're at home all the time. You know, we all know that how hard it can be to separate life from work and trying to have a balance. My husband very early on said, I'm going to need to set an official work day for myself. I'm going to need to say from eight in the morning to 5 p.m. is a work day and I'm in the office. I will come out for lunch, but I go back into the office and when I'm in the office, I'm at work. And that for him made him feel really productive and he was still having a great day. My schedule is more all over the place. I have a hair care company, so I work a lot on my phone. I can do that on the go. I also have a 20-month-old, so I have a toddler. So I want to spend as much time with him during the day as I can. I'm also a director and we went back to work in November. So sometimes I'm reading scripts. I'm prepping for weeks that I have. I just finished a week last night. You're so good with the details. I can sit here and talk about an amazing lyricist you are. Your rap game is even proof to the details. I hear the melody. I kind of have my own syllabic way of rapping. I think I first fell in love with you growing up like all of America. But in real life, I think it was snowed in, MTV it, snowed in. It was. It was a pretty big <laughs> moment for me and you, to be honest. Great that was moment. the moment where I was like, that's the one. People talk to me about that all the time. It was one of those moments that was on TV that people really remember, but MTV does not have a lot of their stuff online. You guys like, or, you know, they take everything down. And so everyone's always like, why can't I find that anywhere? I'm like, I don't know, but it really- We got to call them up. I know. We got to, I want a copy of that. That was so fun. I actually might have a copy of that. If I have a VHS tape, I think we might've done a hallway audition for when you became the host of Say What Karaoke. I think we went into some hallway at MTV and we just shot with a little camcorder. I probably would have put that clip at the very end of it because I was like, guys, she really- (laughs) 
I did Busta Rhymes, Give Me Some More. And I remember when we were doing Snowden and they were like, all right, so you have to pick a karaoke song and you guys sent to the room. By the way, this is the night or two nights before the show. Here you go. Which one are you going to do? And then there's a book this big of songs to choose. And I ended up choosing that one. And then I thought, how am I going to memorize this song in this record amount of time. And I just did it. No way. I would have never even thought that. You were so impressive. Thank you. It was so much fun. And we were young. There was a lot of stuff going on, a lot of distractions and culture and hanging out. And also it's the MTV version of those lyrics too. That's those are exactly right. It's not just clean lyrics. It's MTV clean Busta Rhymes lyrics, which is part of what made memorizing it so hard because the ones I knew already were like, oh, throw those out the window. It's so fun. And I got to work with you as the host of Say About Karaoke. I loved every single episode we shot on that show. I built my entire celebrity Rolodex from literally all those judges on the yep. show. I had so many friends that were contestants, but what we got to do, it was the summer in- The Hamptons. The very rainy summer in the Hamptons, where we ended up getting rained out multiple times and had to go back to Times Square. <laughs> that was a fun summer. That was our first summer. I think Ashley Simpson was trying her out as a VJ. Yes. Right? I remember sitting down with her and that house that we kind of all lived in. Oh, yeah. I remember that house very well. It was a full summer house for you almost, I bet. It was two months. It was a long time. Then we would stay at the W in Times Square. So it'd be like, oh, we're leaving the house. Now we need to pack everything back up and go to Times Square. And then we'd go back. And Ashley did Drop the Mic, which my husband was the executive producer of. And I don't think we had seen each other since that time. And it was like, no time has passed. She saw me and she was like, Danielle! And I was like, Ashley! Aww. It was so much fun. We gave each other a huge hug. And of course, now we both have kids. And at the time, actually, yeah. that I saw her, I didn't have other yet. Jensen and I were engaged. But yeah, it was just so great to see her again. It was so much fun. I have such great long lasting relationships from those experiences at MTV. Those MTV summer houses, beach houses, snowed ins, spring breaks, like MTV had these awesome tentpole moments throughout the year that made it easy to create those lifelong relationships that like, let's be honest, they all get formed in the wee hours of the night. It looks like such fun, lighthearted programming, and yet it's so many hours and so much time. It's exhausting. I get why MTV was run by 20-year-olds back when we were 20-year-olds, because you need that energy. The demand for transparency and authenticity is grueling. Creative burnout is real. You need to have stamina and a strategy, mental health and physical health because the demands and opportunities within today's entertainment industry are endless, virtually boundless. So with all the conversations and opportunities that you receive in your inbox, in your emails, in your DMs, how do you know which opportunity is right for you? Jensen and I were talking about this last night, about some of the differences between being a performer now and being a performer back then. And for Kids who are performers now, whether they're musical artists or they're actors, because of social media and because of how important it is for people to have such intimate relationships with their fans, you can't be a performer that isn't totally authentic and you all the time. You are who you are 24 hours of the day. There's very few people who are like, oh no, I'm just that person as a character, as a performer, and then I turn it off and I go home. You are that person now all the time. 
And that's a little bit how the Beach House, the VJs, that's a little bit how that time was. It's part of the reason why I loved it so much because I had been an actress my whole life and was very much playing a character and then got to be Danielle. And then when MTV gave me the opportunity to like, do you want to just be Danielle all the time and just show what it's like to be Danielle and have Danielle's personality and do all that stuff? And I was like, this is so fun. I just get to be myself. I don't have to slow my voice down and pretend to be someone else. I could really be myself. It was a really fun time. Was there a lot of conditioning or coaching that you had to let go of from the TV work and the film work, the experience of you in these shows when you're really just being you? There wasn't a lot I had to do. I think mostly because I was pretty lucky that I was always pretty comfortable in my skin of being myself. I've become more of an introvert as I've gotten older. But when I was younger, I was much more extroverted and much more like, yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about this. What are you talking about? And much more willing to make a fool of myself and make jokes. And so it felt really good to just get to be that version of myself. And now I find as I've become more and more introverted, I find myself wanting to protect that more and just be able to be that person around the small group of people I'm very close to and pick and choose my moments of being a public persona. You talk about being a director in front of the camera, behind the camera. I know it starts with a clear head every day. What are some tricks that you've put into place throughout the day to help you stay focused on being creative and moving the needle? Well, for one thing, I try to play really calming games on my phone, especially when I'm working. Like I said, yesterday wrapped up a week for me of directing and throughout the entire week, had a rule that during the day in any sort of downtime I had, I wasn't allowed to scroll social media because social media is a very big distraction and it will totally sidetrack me or it will remind me of something that I need to do. And then I'll feel stressed that I can't currently do it because I'm doing something else. If I want to spend time on my phone during downtime at work, I play a couple of different really calming games. There's one called Two Dots. Yes. And it's, do you know of it? I think so. Oh, it's so fun. It's like connecting these dots in ways that they're little mini challenges about how to get rid of the most amount of dots. And so I'll play that. I play also a game called 2048. That's like a numbers game where you try to duplicate these numbers. Or I'll play solitaire. I'll play something that to me is meditative, but also somewhat mindless so that I'm not distracting myself from one creative task with another creative task. I just try to really stay focused on my task at hand. And so while I'm directing, I pretty much write everything else off through the week. I say, I'm directing this week. My hours are very long. They're very crazy. And when I leave the office and I come home, I need to be a present mother. I need to be a present wife and I need to prioritize my sleep. And so I don't have time in those off hours to fill with other things. So I'll just basically say, this week is reserved for this and I'll do the other stuff in the days before or the days after. And that has been somewhat of a challenge for me because I tend to want to say yes to a lot of things. I want to, when opportunities come to me, I love to take them. I love to say yes. And so trying to set real boundaries of, yes, I want to do that, but I cannot do it during this time. And that is either going to work for you or it's not going to work for you. So that's been very helpful. 
Has being a mom been helpful to that? It does, for sure. Being a mom helps with that because, for example, from 5 to 7, Adler goes to sleep around 7.15 or 7.30. And from 5 to 7, we have his nighttime routine that involves a walk with our dog and then feeding him dinner and then giving him a bath and then doing lotion and PJs and giving him milk and then reading books for a little bit, maybe you know listening to lullabies or singing songs and then putting him down for bed. And so every single day, seven days a week, I am unavailable from five to 7.15. Not because I couldn't have my husband do it. As a matter of fact, last night when I'm directing and I'm working late, Jensen does it on his own. He did it on his own for the last two nights. It's not that I couldn't, but I love that time with Adler. It's my favorite time of our day. And So it is something that has made it very easy for me when people are like, hey, do you want to get an early dinner? I'm not going to feel this way always. But certainly at least right now, while he's 20 months old, while he's this young, and this much of his like nighttime routine is around bonding with us, I just want that time with him. That has been easier. There had been times throughout the course of my life where people wanted me to represent their hair care company. I pick and choose the partnerships that I go into. I have to only do things that are truly authentic, products I really love, things I really love. I don't have it in me to hawk a product or something that I don't really believe in. The people that had approached me in the past, it was just not an authentic relationship or partnership and I never chose to do it. And I did not wake up one day and think, you know what I should do is start a hair care company. What happened was I got pregnant and I started thinking about what it was that I was using on my body and in my hair. And I was scanning them using the Think Dirty app and the hair care products I was using were like an eight or a nine out of 10, 10 being like the worst they could possibly be for you. And so I started asking people, what are you using? Like other moms, other health-minded people, what are you using that's good for you? And across the board, everyone said to me, I don't like the stuff I'm using, or I I used it for a little while, didn't like it, went back to the other stuff. If you find something, let me know. And I still then didn't think, oh, it must be because I need to create a hair care line. I thought they just haven't found the right thing. So I Googled like, what's the best natural hair care products? I ordered a whole bunch of things online, had everything sent to me, started using it, used a few of them, really liked them, then scanned them and realized they weren't as clean as they tried to say that they were. Or I used a product and I thought, it's probably working, but I don't feel like it's working because it doesn't have any lather. And I'm used to a shampoo that really lathers. I really want that. Or I didn't think they worked at all. And it was at that point, two months in, where I was like, wow, maybe there really isn't anything that I think is the perfect hybrid between working efficacy and somewhat mostly natural. And so I said, all right, I'm going to really set out to create it. And I started working on it. I have a lab that's based in the United States. All of our products are made in the United States. And I just started, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I want. And they would send me a version of a shampoo. I would use it. I'd go through every single ingredient, research it, and then say, why is this one in there? What can we replace it with that's healthier? What about this? Until we came up with the formulas for our shampoo, our conditioner, and our third product that we launched with was a scalp refresh. And the scalp refresh is kind of an odd third product because most people have never even heard of a scalp refresh. So interesting for that to be one of your flagship products, but it's incredible for hair growth. And at the time, my best friend was six to nine months postpartum and she was losing chunks of hair. 
And she would send me pictures of her hands with this chunk of hair in it. And she'd say, please give me something that will help this hair loss. And so I worked with the lab to create something that's like 96% botanicals that are really, really great for hair growth. And that's where the Scalp Refresh came from. So we launched in December of 2019. And then the pandemic hit three months later. But we launched a subscription service pretty early on, which made having your hair care be delivered right to you. It's become, it's very popular, our subscription service. You save 10% every month when you do it that way. You can also adjust it. You can have it sent to you as often as you want or as infrequently as you want. And so we found ways. We've done tons of sales and tons of discounts. And we know this is a difficult time for everybody. So we've tried to have as much fun as possible building the brand during this very rocky time. But I'm super, super proud of the products and everybody who uses them loves them. As a personal brand, I understand how you make change and how you get to be a change agent. As a business, you have a lot more control suddenly over the total experience. It really is truly hands-on from the very beginning to the end. So much so that I'm involved in the choosing of every single ingredient to the boxes we use, the font we use, the building of the website. I mean, my company is a total, we are three people. I'm one of them. And so we are doing it all. And we're constantly in communication, constantly trying to come up with new things. I'm constantly talking to our customers and asking them what they want to see more of. Again, the company was really started because I needed a shampoo and a conditioner and my best friend needed a scalp refresh. And then after that, it was like, this is just what I needed. What do you guys want to see more of? And so we've got new products coming out that are things that people have specifically asked for, like a heat protectant. We've got a really fun one actually that Christy Adams asked for. Every time someone says, what made you want to do this product? I think, oh, it's Christy, but you know Christy. So that's great. She said to me once. What did she want? Yeah. (laughs) She said, well, and I don't want to say what the product is yet because I have haven't announced it yet, but she said, I want you to create a product that is for people who have thin or fine hair because Julie has very thick, long hair and I have very thick, long hair. And she's like, what about people like me? I want something for me. It's not just for people with already thick hair. And so I created this product specifically with Christy Adams in mind and I absolutely love it. So I'm really excited about that. When you focus on impact, you will always build an audience. And when you focus on your audience, you will always build impact. It also is one of those things where when you're doing art, when you're making TV or movie or, you know, movies or music and someone has a reaction to it, it's subjective. And I don't necessarily hear their opinion and then feel the need to change anything about what I'm doing based on what their reaction to it is. And yet it's the totally opposite experience with the hair care company. When we first launched our shampoo, everything that we make as of right now is gluten-free and it says gluten-free on the bottle. And a woman reached out to me and she said, Danielle, I see that you say that your product is gluten-free, but in the ingredients, there's a wheat protein. How is there a wheat protein and still have it be gluten-free? And I said, well, because in order for something to be considered to be gluten-free, it has to have fewer than 20 parts per million of gluten and or of wheat. And I said, and we fall below those guidelines. So even though there is a small amount of wheat protein in it, we are still technically gluten-free. And she said, okay, well, I didn't know that, first of all, that you then obviously have less than the 20 parts per million. She said, but if you could just put yourself in my shoes for a second and who has a severe gluten intolerance, she said, imagine if your son had a peanut allergy and you bought something that said nut-free and then on the back, you saw peanut protein. 
She said, wouldn't that worry you? And even if you were to find out, oh, it's such a small amount of it, you shouldn't worry about it. If your son could possibly die from a nut allergy and then there's peanuts in it, no matter how small, wouldn't that frustrate you? And I had truthfully never thought about it that way. All I knew was that the odds are that less than 20 parts per million wasn't going to affect someone with a gluten intolerance and therefore it's safe for the majority of people. When she said that, I thought that is poopy. (laughs) Like, I don't want that to be the case. And so I reached out to the lab and I said, I want to remove the wheat protein. I don't want to have any of it in there. And they said, yeah, no problem. And they sent me a new version without the wheat protein. I thought it was still fantastic. I loved it. And I wrote her back and I said, I honestly want you to know you literally changed the formula of our shampoo and we're not going to use it anymore the way it had been. And she was so grateful. And so the relationship that I have with people through the hair care company is much more Like, I'm doing this for you. It started because I'm doing it for me. But if I have the need, you also have the need. And when you directly tell me something that you're looking for or that you don't want, it's my responsibility to adjust it. And so in that way, it also feels way more personal. My love to Jensen and everyone and stay safe. Thank you for this. Thank you. You've been listening to I Have a Podcast with Vinnie Podestivo. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, please find us at IHaveAPodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll see you next week.